Listening to a very special spooky episode of The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I am Nick Trellia. I am Kaleeb. And I'm Rachel Kukaji. As always, let's get started with Wacky World. Alright, so Amazon removes a hugely distasteful coronavirus Halloween mask from sale. Ooh. So Amazon is removing a series of coronavirus-themed Halloween masks from its website after critics said they show a, quote, terrible lapse of judgment. A spokesperson for Amazon confirmed to The Independent that some of the latex masks were being sold for more than 100 pounds. Wow. They were listed as suitable for adults and teenagers. <laughs> I have to say, for a hot second there, when you said, I was thinking, how could latex weigh 100 pounds? <laughs> Nice. Rachel is the opposite of British liberal arts <laughs> education. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things, uh, one of the listings boasted a terrible Corona design and was being sold for fourteen fifty nine with free delivery from China. That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I know, isn't it? The description said the quote horror mask, which was, was available in green and red, could be used to quote frighten everyone at a party. <laughs> <laughs> Another mask description said. This mask can attract people's attention when wearing at the party. Another costume called Halloween Virus Headgear is said to give a, quote, stunning and lasting impression of a lifetime, end quote. Ooh. <laughs> so understandably, a parenting group and Amazon's officials have criticized the masks as strongly distasteful, and they have been mostly removed from the site. That's kind of <laughs> lame. I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're looking at a picture right now. That's very interesting. Huh. They look like... Uh, coronavirus with monster eyes and sharp teeth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Very it, accurate, I can say, from my biochemistry class. It looks like that green thing from the Mucinex commercials, you know? The, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But with little. acne. Or like the right. emoji. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, my story here. A Texas man's Halloween decorations received multiple visits from police. Nice. Yeah, so... <laughs> A Texas man claims the police have visited his house multiple times after turning his front yard into an incredibly realistic murder scene. <laughs> so it looks like a robbery gone wrong. So there's one dummy hanging off of the guy's roof with a machete stuck in its back and another lying on the front porch with a safe on top of its head, like squished him. So it looks like the guy was trying to like throw his buddy the safe like they were robbing him. But then it... <laughs> <laughs> I can see this being a Florida man headline. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and so then out in the front yard, there is a dummy with a chainsaw on its back lying face down next to a wheelbarrow full of bloody body parts, and then there is a body bag filled with another body. So this is a nice... I mean, would you want to go trick-or-treating there? Uh, no, I would run away. If I was a small child, I would oh, scream yeah. and run away. Yeah. <laughs> if I were the police, I'd show up too. Like, I perfectly understand. Yeah. You know? But uh, the homeowner said, and this is true, he said he didn't want to do just a hokey display for Halloween and really wanted to go out. Go out? Yeah. Go all out. All out. Okay. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so I would say short of actually killing his neighbors and staging it like that, I think he couldn't get much better. Wow. Well, he, I, it doesn't sound hokey if the police showed up and yeah. investigated but, you know, multiple times. He would be in the hokey pokey if those bodies were real. <laughs> 
speaking of hokey, <laughs> Rachel's going to tell us about some campus legends. Yes, you're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And today, instead of a wacky news story, I'm going to tell a little campus history, or legend, we'll say. So the Dow residence and the Sigma Chi fraternity house were not always under that ownership by the campus. They were once built by two sisters. They were Victorian-era homes around the 1850s, and the two sisters lived next door to each other, built similar-style homes, and decided that so in the wintertime they could travel and stay warm, and also so the servants they shared could go back and forth easier, they built a tunnel going from one house to the other, or so the legend says. While flash forward and the houses were owned by a fraternity and a sorority the sorority by means i don't know eventually died out or got kicked off campus i'm not quite sure what happened or something there. sinister maybe, maybe something sinister disappeared i don't know but sometime in there whether when it was either a sorority house or now a women's dormitory which is what it is now i live there it the tunnel between the two houses was closed up, and s- allegedly, the reason why it was closed up was because the Sigma Chi fraternity brothers were traveling through the tunnel and making use of the Paw House basement for some of their ritual animal sacrifices. I've heard goats mentioned, nope. and so it, the, the reason nope. is kind of unclear, nope. but we do know that the tunnel was sealed off because now it doesn't exist. And you can kind of see in the direction of the Sigma Chi house that there's a space where I think it's likely where it was patched up just the, by way of the stones placement. But, and it's still mm-hmm. a pretty creepy basement, but mm. no tunnel anymore. Fascinating. So what do yes. you do in the basement now, Rachel? I don't do anything in the basement. I stay f- Steer clear of it if I can. Uh huh. Do you think Sigma Chi uses their basement for anything now? <laughs> uh, I don't. Probably I don't still think they ritual. know about it. I I I wouldn't want to know what they do down there. That's true. Or what they did do down there, for that matter. Right, right. Did y'all hear that they tore down the the spooky church? Yes, the revival center. It's yeah. gone. Yeah, it's. I actually never went out there. It was uh, quite a place. Just the um, shape of it was so odd because yeah, it was so, so low to the ground. I heard it was originally built as a basement for a church, and uh-huh. they didn't get the funds to build the upper level. Huh. And so they just moved the church into the basement. Interesting. That is it was a very so spooky-looking building, and then uh, one day we came along, and there's just a big crater in the ground. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the area is kind of sketchy. I used to, when I lived here last summer... We would go on walks sometimes in the direction of the cemetery and walk around the cemetery during the daytime. Mm-hmm. But on the way back from the cemetery, we would pass that revival center. And that just whole area was a little bit, let's just say, I'm a fast walker. And <laughs> I could have won a competition in speed walking when I'm around that area. So speaking of spooky places and weird things going on, Caleb and I earlier today had an interview with Hillsdale College chaplain, Father Adam Rick. That's right. And uh, we were talking about exorcism, so Rachel was just too scared to be there. Yeah, so it was just the two of <laughs> us. Uh, we Not quite. The whole interview lasted about 22 minutes, and so we're going to have a shortened, edited version for you guys on the show. But if you find it interesting, we will have the full, unedited version up on SoundCloud for you guys to hear. So uh, let's roll it. 
You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, and uh, we're going to be talking with Hillsdale College Chaplain Father Adam Rick about the importance of exercising. Yeah, so specifically, why is cardio important? No, this is uh, exorcism, not exercise. Oh, that makes way more sense for a Halloween episode. Yeah, exercise is not that scary. Okay. (laughs) Potentially. All right, so uh, thanks for coming out, Father Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's get started. Real simple definition. What exactly is exorcism? What is an exorcism? An exorcism is uh, a driving out of a demonic influence that has invaded someone's life and usually by definition has caused some kind of destruction in that life. Okay, so is an exorcism something you would learn well in cemetery? Or, I mean, uh, in, in seminary? I can't say I had a class on exorcism 101 at the okay. seminary <laughs> I attended. Um, it certainly comes up in some classes because it's obviously in the Gospels and it's you know something mm-hmm. you got to deal with. Um, but I have found that people who receive training in this do tend to receive specialized training, and they sort of have dedicated ministries to um, exorcism. Um, in Protestant circles, sometimes it's called deliverance ministry, but it's the same mm. idea of sort of ridding people of evil forces in their lives. Right. Okay, so uh, how exactly does possession work? So like, how does someone become possessed? Like, what is the, how does that work? I think there's a lot of mystery about this because we don't actually fully really understand this, the spiritual realms. The scriptures don't really tell us the story of the angels and the demons. We just get it in little bits and pieces. Um, but it seems to be the case that uh, a demonic force would possess somebody. It's kind of an old word. I think modern New Testament theologians prefer the word demonize because um, they don't take over your faculties, but they just fill your brain with all kinds of negative images and doubts and they can in that way begin to sort of overwhelm your will so that you start doing things that you maybe you wouldn't want to do. Sure. Okay, so then also just like th- thinking about a lot of movies and stuff, you often see inanimate objects being possessed by some sort of spiritual force. Is that is that uh, how it really works, or is it just people? You're talking about like a poltergeist or something? Yeah, like yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. There's no real scriptural precedent for that. I suppose it's possible, but um, whenever we see a, a demonization in the New Testament, it's always the demonization of, of people. Just kind of real quickly, if you have any, uh, I guess you have more insight than we do anyway, <laughs> but uh, just sort of like the, the nitty gritty of like how an exorcism works. Like, are there like tactics or like, how does, how does that work? Yeah, at that point, you're getting a little bit into the differences in some traditions. Um, you know, a Roman Catholic exorcist might be inclined to use holy objects or relics, holy water. Uh, you'll find that practice obviously a bit more rare among sort of say a charismatic Protestant. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that, that a lot of the practices have in common, as I understand it, is the invocation of the name of Jesus. Because whenever we see demons in the New Testament, they're always afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're afraid of his name. One way, one thing that I've done, uh, I don't have a whole lot of experience exercising individuals, but I have been called in the past by parishioners to exercise homes if they feel like there might be a, an evil spirit. I've done that here on this campus. I've had students who live in houses off campus. Can you come like do a house blessing? So just curious, if you're comfortable sharing, what exactly was going on at these houses that they asked you to come out? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I feel like there's a lot of commonalities. I've done it in New England when I was in a church there. I did it here in Hillsdale. It's often stuff that like just creaking noises in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. um, footsteps on the hall when no one else is home. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen uh, stories of people feeling like they're in bed at night and it gets very cold all of a sudden. So that's an example of something I talked about earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's often can be corroborated by like multiple roommates. If there's like multiple people living in a house, like they've had similar experiences. Sure. Um, sometimes I've heard of people's dreams being affected, like just they, they can't mm -hmm. rest well. So um, it's often stories like that where like, can you come and do a home blessing? It's like, yeah, I think I'll, I'll come over and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, steal myself by prayer and do my best. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I've heard. Sure. Okay. And then after that happens, do you, do you follow up with them and like, do you hear about these kinds of things happening less often after that? I, I do, in fact. Okay. Um, and so far, I've got a pretty good track record. <laughs> <laughs> the, an interesting example that just came up, if, if this particular student is listening, they'll immediately know who I'm talking about, but I'll be, I'll be oblique about it. Um, I had a home blessing at a house uh, in the area a couple years ago. At the time, it was a senior. She's since graduated and moved on. Um, but we did the whole circuit. You know, We went in every room in the house. And we prayed for Christ's blessing, and we concluded the service of the Holy Communion. And um, I had a student come up to me this year and say that she, she and her roommates are having this similar experience in their house. And she said she gave me the address, and I was like, that street sounds very familiar. So, so I looked it up on my phone, and it turns out it's the house next door. Oh. Um, and it could be nothing, but right. the thought had occurred to me, like, maybe I was so effective. And like, <laughs> well, let me be careful. Christ was so effective and sort of sealing this one house with his presence that the spirit, you know, send us to those pigs, please. Like there's another house I could occupy right. and sure. that's where they, w yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, <laughs> right. it, it occurred to me and that I, I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility, but it sounds like another home blessing might be in order. In other words, so <laughs> mm -hmm. then I feel bad for their next door neighbors. I feel like oh, this right. is going to be like a circuit, you know, <laughs> right, around right. campus. Maybe you should just go bless the whole street. Yeah, that might be <laughs> right. a bad idea. <laughs> I hinted at it already, and I think I really want to stress this. Whenever someone comes to see me and they feel like, I think there might be evil forces, my advice to them is always like, look, what these demons really want is to distract you and to like have you fixate your attention on them. Because if you're not, if you're fixated on them, you're not fixated on something else. And that's what you really ought to be doing. So the, the thing is like, look, if you feel like there might be something going on, like don't, don't go to combat with the thing. It's got way more experience than you. Like, but don't be afraid of it either. Go to Jesus. He's the generalissimo par excellence. Like, go to him, mm. invoke his presence, fix it on him, fill your life with the things of goodness and, and of the gospel, and uh, ask Christ to protect you. And that's what he's in the business of doing. So don't let demons frighten you. Uh, rather, let, let the Lord uh, enlighten you, I think is sort of how I would want to conclude this conversation today. Thanks for coming out, Father Adam Rick. Yes, thanks so much. It's my pleasure. And you're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And since we're coming up on Halloween, we thought it would be fun to talk about some of our best and worst Halloween costumes. You want to start with me? Okay. I've got quite a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Best, I will say, last year we did, a bunch of us did Clue characters. I think, Nick, you were Mr. Green, I right? I was, yes. Can't I was the rope. <laughs> yeah, because we had so <laughs> many characters. We also had to start using doing weapons yeah, as well. I was, I was just dressed in an all-black suit, and I had a rope just kind of, like, wound around me, and no one knew who I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was amazing. Well, I was Mrs. White, and... Mm -hmm was pretty great because I had like nothing for the costume in advance of the fact and I went to Salvao and I found the perfect gloves. I found this perfect little lacy headband yeah. thing. I took a just a lace like tablecloth and cut it so that it was a lace apron mm -hmm. and then borrowed a friend's black dress and there I, we go. I went to the hardware store <laughs> and bought a rope. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. You couldn't <laughs> Nick couldn't find 
Were, Nick, were you with us too? I was. Nick and Caleb and R.I.P. Phil. It was before the loft, but it was the loft people. It was, yeah. We went to the hardware store and you guys went wandering off somewhere else. And I just followed my intuition of from three years of working at a grocery mm-hmm. store and found the rope. And then I had to call them and say, it's over here. You guys are looking in the wrong direction. You know, you were almost the knife because when we went to Salvation Army, we were looking through knives and we found That's one. right. We were just going to duct tape like a steak knife to my chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the rope was better. Yeah, probably. It's definitely safer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Also I more useful. I don't know. Maybe. I like group costumes. I've done quite a lot because I think that even if your costume isn't great, if there's a couple people mm-hmm. going for that vibe, then it kind of gives the impression of what your Play costume is, whereas you're standalone. Uh-huh. So, like, right. I've done a lot with my sister, especially. We did James Potter and Sirius Black one time. Um, Sandy and Danny from Greece. We complete that was for a costume competition at our school. We even like did it choreographed a dance. Oh, wow. So we we won because That's because intense. of the dance as well. Yeah. Uh, one time I was legless and uh, my <laughs> s- <laughs> yeah long blonde hair and everything. My yeah. sister was Frodo. I can see that. Um, I've done Rachel Green with other people being like Monica and Chandler and stuff. I've actually mm-hmm. done Rachel Green twice. Yeah, you did that um, last year too. Yeah, I did it last year and mm-hmm. I did it my freshman year here. It was kind of like a cop out thing of like something fun that I can wear during the day at school, but it also is kind of a costume. Yeah. Um, I did the Wiggles one time with a group of friends. My okay. That was also for a school costume competition. My um, friend's mom, my friend and her mom, like got us colored shirts and printed the Wiggles logo onto them. Oh. And so, and even made like the red car and everything. And so I thought it was pretty great. I, we didn't. We, it was kind of extra. All I had to do was show up and put on a purple shirt. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another Harry Potter one, Luna Lovegood. That one was, I thought that was a pretty good one I've as seen well. seen pics, it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I would say those are some of my best Halloween costumes. What about you guys? I think the rope from Clue really was my high point. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, as a, as a child, I used to dress up all the time for no apparent reason. Oh and, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, some of my worst ones was a Spider-Man costume I made out of an old, like an old red raincoat. Nice. And I, I super glued a bunch of strings to it. to make <laughs> oh. webbing. It was so bad. So I also did Mr. Incredible as a child and it was basically just me in like a red shirt and red <laughs> pants. What's your I, obsession with red? I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I just taped like a big old incredible logo to my chest yeah i made it out of construction paper that part was pretty good the bad part was that you know how he's got kind of like the superhero briefs on outside oh no the little mm. black briefs oh. i didn't have black briefs i had uh plaid black and gray boxers <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! so i thought it was a great idea to whip those babies on outside oh. and run around my yard <laughs> Ba-da, ba-da. <laughs> oh, That's boy. literally what I did. I, I would sing the song as I ran <laughs> and jumped off rocks. <laughs> oh, Dude, someone Caleb must have thought you fell in. off the short bus. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure they did. Oh my! They, they were like, that kid is homeschooled for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, homeschooling man gives plenty of time to dress up. So uh, I also dressed up occasionally too. I didn't actually dress up as much as you guys, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did Indiana Jones a couple of times. I I still actually quite like Indiana Jones. He he was like probably my favorite character, I guess, growing up. And so I would wear my dad's flight jacket with like khakis and whatever. And I was like, oop, I'm Indiana Jones. 
Dude, I did it. I did that too. I feel like I feel like every young boy at some point goes through Indiana Jones phase. Yeah, yeah. I actually had like a real bull whip that I would. Yeah, so did I. Wow. Whip around dangerously mm-hmm. fast <laughs> in my living room <laughs> when yeah. my parents weren't looking. I uh, <laughs> doing uh, Indiana Jones is about as classic as like doing Star Wars. I uh, yeah. I actually took out a ceiling fan with <laughs> with our bull whip. Not even kidding. I, Yikes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, in addition to uh, Indiana Jones, one time in third grade, I was in the, uh, <laughs> are you ready for this? The the gifted program. <laughs> oh, my. And for, we, for smart kids? Uh, t- that's what they told me. Ostensibly smart kids? Uh, yeah. Okay. So we had like a Greek mythology day or something, and we had to do like a costume. And I think I was Jason of the Argonauts, I think. And nice. my dad and I, made a paper mache like fairly accurate like spartan helmet with like the greek armor and everything i still have it hmm. it's super cool and it has like you know like the abs and everything on it like you know it's yeah yeah it's, it's like paper mache we bronzed it and everything it's so cool nice you know whenever i think of um halloween costumes as a kid i think of this book we had that was elmo and his mom made him wear a sweater <laughs> during the and he was a ghost and his what? mom made him <laughs> <laughs> his mom made him wear a sweater. <laughs> it's like in literally the most random story I have ever no, heard. It's, it's like in Diary of a Wimpy this, Kid yes, when Rowley's mom. It's like he's a ghost, so there's literally just a sheet over him, and you could have bundled up as much as you want under the sheet. But for some reason, in the storybook, he's frustrated because mom makes him wear a sweater, and he puts it on the outside, so it totally ruins the costume. That's always how I felt as a kid, because, you know, you'd want to be a princess, and you'd be wearing, like, this little dress that's like a tank top or puff sleeves, but it's the end of October, and so your parents are like, no, you'll catch a cold, put a sweater on. Like, one time I was a cheerleader, and I'm wearing, like, a little mm-hmm. tank top dress, I got my pom-poms, and my parents were like, no, wear a jacket. You know, that was, always the, why just that was always the saga of Halloween as a kid, is that... Great costumes being ruined by practicality. That's why I just whipped out my Mr. Incredible in the middle of summer. (laughs) (laughs) And you've been listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. A very special spooky Halloween episode. Thanks for listening.